1: Welcome to Inside the Criminal Mind podcast, where we analyze some of the most notorious criminal cases with psychology and criminology combined.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Andy.
1: Hey, Carlos. How you been? I'm doing pretty well. Doing well. How about you? Well, I've been great. You can see I'm wearing my summer uh attire. it's finally summer here in central New York. It's probably 75 to 80 degrees with a slight breeze off the lake. I'll give our listeners uh, the central New York weather forecast. In six to seven hours, we might have three inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> you never know in New York. <laughs> you never know.
0: Well, today, we're heading back to NorCal for those people in California, northern California. If you're a real Californian, you'd say NorCal, but up there... There's an unsolved murder that we've all heard about. This is why I think people are going to be excited to hear your take on it as an FBI profiler for over three decades. Behavioral Science Unit LLC is his company now, folks. You can find it at behavioralscienceunit.com. So you definitely want to check it out before we get started. So we're talking about the Zodiac Killer, folks. But before we get started, make sure to share, subscribe and hit that like button. You know, we like it. So we're talking about the Zodiac Killer today. It's the only name we have for him. It's the pseudonym of the serial killer who operated in North California for ooh, over a decade, I think. Almost almost a decade, at least the late 1960s to the early 1970s. The killer's name originated in a series of taunting letters and cards sent to the San Francisco Bay Area Press. These letters included four cryptograms or ciphers. And I'm sure Andy will talk a little bit later how some of these killers like to inject themselves into these investigations. The Zodiac murdered five known victims in Benicia, I think it is, hopefully, Vallejo, Napa County, and San Francisco, respectively, between December 1968 and October 1969. The unusual thing here is he targeted young couples with two of the men surviving attempted murder. Maybe we'll look at it psychologically a little later, and he can tell us, is he overcompensating? Trying to take the man out and saying, I'm what you really need, not him. I don't know. He also murdered a male cab driver. The Zodiac himself once claimed to have murdered 37. But we do know serial killers sometimes hyperbolize and blow those numbers out of proportion. And sometimes they don't. Depends on what their motives are. He has been linked to several other cold cases. And Andy's going to tell us a little bit more about the different cold cases. Is it still active or not? He's going to tell us all about that. San Francisco Police Department. Well, I won't get into that. But anyway, he did murder for sure, at least that they have five confirmed dead, two injured, but the possible Ranges from anywhere between 20 to 37 possible murders. So from this point on, I'm going to hand it over to Andy Brangle. Andy, tell us a little bit about what's going on here.
1: Well, Carlos, this is a, it's an interesting case. And as you just stated uh, very succinctly, it's, it's an open case uh, in terms of who done it. What's interesting about this investigation is the ciphers. There, there are four ciphers that uh, he sent to media outlets. Uh, taunting not only the media, but also the police in this particular case. We know that the murders occurred in California. So this serial killer operated in a very small geographical area that, that is known to police investigators uh, the northern part of California uh, from the late 60s through the mid to uh, late 70s that, that are known. Um, as you mentioned, uh, he has bragged about up to 37 murders, but only about a uh, half dozen have been attributed to him. Uh, it's interesting that he attacked uh, couples, uh, usually couples in like at lovers' lanes, and uh, the first two murders occurred near a uh, a uh, lake. And what was interesting about those cases, to me anyway, is that you you associate these types of killings to other types of killings that are similar, serial killers that have the same types of uh, of modus operandi, you know, same type of of, of standards of killing. And there are two that came to mind when I was looking at this particular case. One is Danny Rawling down in, in, uh, in Florida, uh, who also attacked uh, couples, uh, did not sexually molest them. Uh, there was no evidence of that. Uh, oftentimes, as we've talked in the past, there is a, uh, a form of sexual perversion uh, as part of the signature of these types of serial killers. Um, but in this particular case, attacked couples like Danny Rawling. Another one, David Berkowitz. And what's interesting about the Berkowitz case in this particular case is the use of a weapon, a gun. So in the first two uh, murders, the, uh, uh, Faraday and, uh, and Jensen, young teenagers, 117, 116, they were shot and killed uh, in 1968 at uh, Lake Herman Road. Um, and, and this is in the city limits of Venencia, California. And he comes up to the car and tells them to get out of the car. So they're in Lover's Lane and he drives his car up beside them uh, as it's now theorized, uh, gets out of his car with a weapon, uh, believed to be a Luger. And uh, he tells them to get out of the car. But before um, David uh, Faraday could get out of the car, he shoots him in the head, kills him. And then shoots uh, Betty Jensen uh, several times, I think five times in the back as she flees. And the second uh, killings where a 19-year-old and 22-year-old shot pretty close to the same location uh, where the male survived that attack. So I, I, you know, it, it seems to me that when we look at this particular killer, he has some of the similar kind of, of uh, traits, personality traits that you might find in a David Berkowitz son of Sam killer and perhaps some of the same drivers, the same motives and, and compulsions. So he may have a borderline personality, personality disorder. Um, he's got this mentality of, of, of certainly catch me if you can in terms of his taunting of the media and the police. He thinks he's smarter than everyone around him. And he uses these, these, um, um, these ciphers, cryptograms, to kind of create a puzzle, if you will, to, to find him. Um, what's different from a lot of cases like Dennis Rader case and a number of others where there is a, a close connection to between the killer and the victim. And, you know, oftentimes we've talked about this, the, the act for the serial killers is instrumental, right? It's the, the, the murder is a way for them to get the release an emotional and psychological release. And so the, the murder is almost secondary. They want to control the victim to the point where they see them die. And it's oftentimes up close and personal, you know, a hammer, uh, a uh, uh, a, uh, shovel, um, a knife. A knife
0: or something like that. A knife,
1: exactly, a a box cutter, Uh, hands and strangling, uh, literature like like Wayne Gacy used a a choking uh, mechanism.
0: Hey, Andy, and using those different types of weapons can say a lot, doesn't it? Obviously, it's much more personal when you use a knife or you're strangling somebody. And a lot of these pipe guys are sadistic and they enjoy the watching them
1: suffer. Am I accurate? Yeah, absolutely. that's part of the need for controlling that victim, right? they they want they want to regain maybe perhaps some control that they lost early in life. And so they they want to dominate and control somebody, this, these victims, and that gives them sexual gratification. Uh, in this particular case, you have somebody attacking from a distance with a gun, shooting um, couples. So there may be some angst, some sexual identification issues uh, that this individual has. Although he talks about, uh, in one of the letters, the joys of killing, he says, um, that they actually, it, it gets him off more than being with a woman and having sex. So he's describing some of that. Now, having said that, and it, what I found interesting in the letters themselves is number of typos. And so um, he's, he's not articulate, but he might be intelligent. Um, he certainly didn't have a spell check back in the late sixties. He says, I like killing people because it's so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is more dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. So is. You see his grammar is a bit off. And this is a run-on sentence, by the way. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise, which he misspells P-A-R-A-D-I-C-E. And all that I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow S-L-O-I down or atop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. Um, And that's all one sentence. So what's interesting to me is this guy who's not really articulate.
0: Do you think he's doing it on purpose, making people think he's not as smart?
1: Perhaps. But then again, he uses these cipher codes um, of which a couple were solved in – that misspelling
0: of slow is, is pretty obvious, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. You don't usually spell it slowy. Well, you know, um, in paradise.
0: I wonder if it's a play on words,
1: yeah. And it's not like the W and the I key are anywhere close on the keyboard either. So, uh, oh, that's a good point, yeah. So, but any in AKC, um, in, in a uh, turn of this investigation, um, there were a couple people that broke the first two codes, uh, these were cyber sleuths, and, and I think this is the the interesting part of this case. There's a lot of interesting elements to this investigation. The fact that it's unsolved is very interesting, Um, particularly with multiple jurisdictions and the federal support. And they still, and in the, you know, the advances in forensic sciences, including the DNA, which we're about to get into, uh, but it's still unsolved. So that's interesting, certainly. But I think what's also interesting, and it's very common with these cold cases now, is that you have communities that have sprung up virtually that are cyber sleuths and they take these cases and they run with them with various theories and from that because there were four ciphers that were um in the public domain two of them uh actually were solved one was a uh, 32 character long and one was 13 character long cipher and um and they were both and they were both uh solved uh some years ago there were two left uh but these two um, ciphers were considered unsolvable because they were very, very short. However, there was a, there is a um, Moroccan Frenchman uh, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, but um, Zero Zeroui. And he's a 38-year-old uh, Frenchman uh, engineered uh, by training. And he decided, uh, he read an article in France on this killer, the uh, Zodiac killer, and unsolved crimes. And it fascinated him the fact that these two ciphers existed that had been unsolved. So he decided he was going to give it a crack. And within two weeks, Carlos, within two weeks, he claims he, he solved both ciphers. So what's interesting in this case is that he, after two weeks of intense code breaking, he deciphered the first code as a sentence: Labor Day Fine, 45 period 069, NORT, N-O-R-T. Dropped off the H. 58.719 West. So these are geographical coordinates. So when he looked at the coordinates, it was interesting because it it was near a school in Lake Tahoe, a city in California referred to another of of the Zodiac Killers postcards.
0: Ah. Um, And this was like
1: in 1971. So the the, the <laughs> coordinates match up to a location that was referenced in a postcard sent by the killer. Obviously coincidental, but perhaps instrumental in, in, in identifying uh, who this killer might be. The second one's even more interesting because he uh, claims to have solved this um, second uh, code um, without an encryption key and Um, He came up with the name Lawrence Kaye, K-A-Y-E, and this guy was, his background is a salesman uh, and a career criminal living close to South Lake Tahoe, the coordinates that were in the previous, and he had, this is the most interesting part, he had been a suspect in this investigation, um, actually the lead suspect of one of the lead detectives who is now deceased, a guy named Harvey Hines, one of the detectives. And Detective Hines thought that Kay was responsible, was the Zodiac killer, but could never convince his um, superiors that he had enough evidence to move forward on the K lead. Uh, he is now passed. However, what's interesting about this is that Mr. Zoh- Zoharwi, uh said that um, the cipher comes out to a sentence, very short, set, my name is Kay, K-A-Y-E. The problem is uh, he came when he first did it, it came up as K-A-Y-R. And that's what he posted. So 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 R we decided he was going to put all this findings on one of these community uh, websites. Right. These solve the crime websites. And what happened almost immediately was he became he became a target. He was attacked. Um, Within 30 minutes, his posting of uh, the suspect's particular name was taken off. He was criticized as having um, no science or knowledge of, of, uh, regarding the C ciphers and their ability to be solved. Uh, he was his comments were dismissed on many of the forum uh, forms that he put on as being uh, arcane and nonsensical and rabbit holes and so forth. Uh, he said they they claimed that his processes and methodologies for deciphering uh, these codes were too convoluted. Uh, one of the leaders of um, these cipher sites uh, said in, in a written exchange that his solution was nothing that hundreds of proposals uh, already existed, and it's impossible to uh, to solve. What's interesting to me is what you and I talked about this is human nature. People are really quick to, to um, attack. And criticized because now they've become wedded to this unsolvable puzzle and so the uh it's funny to me that this this
0: not funny funny like haha
1: funny but ironic that uh this killer who may in fact be dead himself i mean these these murders occurred um uh, what 50 years ago right That's about, at, yeah, least. at least 30, 50 70, years, 50 30, years. 20. Yeah, so we're looking at 50-plus years. It reminds me of my age. Uh, so I'm
0: trying not to remember who it is.
1: Even if this guy was 20, if the murder was 20, and you add 50, he's 70. He's got to be in his 70s or 80s now, uh, more than likely. And um, and as an earlier description of the killer, a white male in his early 20s, that would put him around mid-70s or in his 70s. And he's likely either dead or dead. Uh, or, or Certainly not the threat that he was in the past uh, and will likely die as an, un, you know, as unpunished bad guy.
0: criminal. That's the weird thing about him, that he could still be a threat because he just shot him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, you know, most of you know, if you shoot people for 50 years, your chances of, of not being caught are slim to none.
0: So you think right? he's, he's retired many, many years ago?
1: yeah and and there ha- there there are cases of serial killers that um you know go into sort of remission if you will they they go they go into uh hiding oh, cool uh, they, period. They, yeah there's there's their compulsions uh cease or or, or more manageable and a lot of different reasons and speculation as to why that might be but in in any case in this particular uh investigation, I think that it it will likely be solved eventually. Uh, through those forensics examinations, through uh, advances in uh, DNA, and uh, probably not the solving of a cipher code. Uh, because all you end up with the cipher code is, and I think that's the ironic point, is that all you end up with is uh, a hypothesis, a, <laughs> a, a, cl- a conclusion without real evidence. Uh, and we have. Hmm. humans seem to have more trust in hard science than cipher codes that uh, don't have uh, an encryption key and and as you know from understanding um you know ciphers and, and encryption you need the key in order to truly have the evidence that this is what the uh, sentence or sentiment might be saying or is the roseta Yeah, I don't think I don't. So my point is, I don't think this case is going to be solved by uh, the cyber sleuths looking at a series of symbols and numbers. Um, I think that this will be solved um, like the Golden Gate uh, killer. Um, I think this what was his name? Golden State killer, uh, Joseph D'Angelo. Yeah. And that was solved through. DNA. So uh, here's where we are in in this particular case. The San Francisco Police Department marked it inactive in 2004, reopened it in 2007. There are several of the local counties, Napa County, Solano County, they have this as an open, uh, cold case. Um, But in 2018, the Vallejo Police Department announced their intention to attempt to collect the, the killer's DNA from the back of stamps that he used. So this guy Back in the day, you know, he licked the stamps and sent them. Right, so we have some DNA, although it's it's basically you know dinosaur age. But with the advances in DNA technology, they, they can extrapolate that DNA from the back of that stamp, and so they've attempted to do that uh, as late as 2018. They were supposed to have the results out, according to Vallejo police. Um, they were supposed to have the the uh, the results out by May 2018. Uh, it's now May 2021, and there's been no report, and the police department's mum. They're not. They're not saying what, they, if anything, was found in that DNA analysis. Well, so it cool. may be that they have some results, but they don't have a match with a subject yet, which would then probably logically eliminate uh, Key or K, Lawrence K, as a suspect because. One would have to think that Lawrence Kay, being a suspect in the previous investigation, uh, had some DNA, uh, you know, uh, of some type. Collect- I wonder if they're also Perhaps looking at not-
0: ancestral DNA genealogy. Maybe sort maybe they starting to contact friends and family members, uh, whoever right. that DNA came up with, to see. Yeah, if they so they could any- do
1: that, and that's how you know. Of course, you know the Golden yeah. State uh, Killer. That's how. That's how exactly how they did that. So yeah. I, I think that this this case certainly has a good chance of being solved. Um, and and I think, it, I, again, going back to the irony, if it is solved, it's based on the uh, arrogance of the killer who uh, provided the vital forensic evidence through the licking of these stamps uh, that will be his undoing, not the uh, nebulous coding of symbols and numbers without an encryption key. <laughs> what, uh, so do that, like? what do you think he's
0: like? Do you have any kind of image of the individual do you picture him as a person who's a loner sadistic
1: yeah maybe he doesn't yeah, I have think port- this is an, uh, a borderline personality disorder someone who has been inadequate in his life um has not maintained any meaningful relationship had a, a very difficult time with women um he i think he probably had a very uh, difficult time in relationship with his own mother um and so i, I think this individual um you know, is, is looking to um, fill that, that need that he has, that compulsion he had, um, and, and strike out against individuals who he sees have the life that he wanted. Uh, no different than, you know, Berkowitz and a number of others in, in that sense. And, and so I think that's why he attacked couples. Uh, and I think that's why, um, you know, the, the act of rape was not, a, a, you know, compulsion of his, either male or female. He wanted these people to die, but he, he, he was too cowardly to do it or, or didn't have the need to do it up close and personal like a Dennis Rader and a number of others.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. It's interesting the way he did it, too. and Obviously, there's some sense of inadequacy happening with him, too.
1: Yeah. And I'm, perhaps that's why he chose to use a weapon, because probably he, he probably didn't have enough confidence in himself to go and fight another male who might overpower him and, and and kill him. So he kills the male first, he shoots the male first and then shoots the female, right. The who he might perceive to be weaker than, uh, than himself. Um, but in any case it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a person who is definitely inadequate and probably had a, a very difficult early life.
0: Fascinating stuff, my friend, fascinating stuff, especially that part about the human nature too. It's interesting. Kind of telling about today's world every time somebody has an idea, if it conflicts with the group, they shut it down.
1: Well, that's cognitive closure, (laughs) right? Yeah, That's a fascinating uh, point. I I think when we we're inside the box, we believe we already have the truth. We uh, are unaccepting and intolerant of anybody that might offer an alternative truth. And moreover, we start objectifying that person. They become the enemy. And that's what happened to this guy in in France uh, on these forums. You know what I uh, but found? But yeah, you absolutely right. That's that? that's human nature. Everybody wants to be the hero, I guess.
0: You know what I found interesting about it, too? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's fascinating because one of the comments you made when you were reading about the comments the group was making about the person's um, methodology well, this has been said before. It's nothing new. Then I'm looking at it going, then why would you <laughs> take <No>. it off? Isn't that crazy? Was like, okay, well, here's hey. the
1: thing. You know, the reality is uh, King Solomon said this. So, you know, again, this, is, this goes back centuries, but there's nothing new under the sun.
0: You
1: know, there, <laughs> sure there is nothing new under the sun. And I, I, I'm a strong believer in that. I think that what you see, I, I look at it and equate it to music, right? Uh, there's only so many musical notes, but the combination that, that uh, individuals place those notes uh, the order they place them and, uh, and the, the tempo and, and the variations are uh, are inexhaustible. And so they allow us to have classical music, country music, rock, soul. Um, but you're basically talking about the same musical notes, right? Uh, yeah. And that's the same thing in terms of, of individual thought. There's, there's no, no original thought. But this guy had a different, unique way of approaching these these ciphers and it was not locked into the previous mindsets of the group right he was coming from the outside but his most difficult task wasn't solving the cipher it was convincing people that he had solved the cipher because he had not paid his dues he was not part of the in group <laughs> which is, to well, me is, get is
0: backlash.
1: it goes well it goes back to what you said in, in today's world and politics right we're so busy uh anchoring to our own beliefs and truths, we're unwilling to open our minds, think critically and say, wow, Carlos, you know what? You might be right. I might need to adjust the way I'm thinking. And what we talked about at the behavioral science unit was when people become cognitively closed, they are no longer able to critically think. When they're cognitively closed, they're inside a box. And they're so wedded to their truth that if you challenge it, they will quickly objectify you and they will call you every name in the book because you are now challenging what they believe they already know. And that's why I never called myself a subject matter expert. I was always a a student of the subject matter because if I ever decided I knew all the answers then I could never learn anything new. And so I I (laughs) welcome even my students in the classroom, I welcome them to challenge my mindset so that it would open me up to new alternative ways of thinking. Nothing original, perhaps, but a different order of notes, so I can come up with a new set of uh, of music.
0: Not perfectly said. You're
1: absolutely right, and it's a
0: very dangerous mindset. I mean, it, it is. It really
1: is. And, and hopefully, yeah. you know, we'll get out of that here in, in our country, and we'll start collaborating and and uh, and and working on on uh, compromise to make this great country, great, uh, greater and greater. Uh, I, I, um, I am hopeful. I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. And I saw not 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 on the point of mass murders, but I did see in the news today that there's a new bipartisan infrastructure bill that's being passed. Well, that was that was a sweet little treat. You got to meet my uh, daughter <laughs> and my uh, grandson. But Yeah, I, I'm an optimist, Carlos. And and I'm an optimist. My optimism carries forward in this investigation. I, I, I like to think that, that you know, any cold case can be solved. Uh, it's just a it's just a matter of having the right circumstances and perhaps an outsider looking in to offer a different investigative hypothesis. And it never hurts to have good DNA. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it doesn't. Well, thanks again, Andy, for taking the time to break down this case.
1: Absolutely enjoyed it. I uh, can't wait till we do another one. Uh, I hope that you're well out there in California.
0: Absolutely. And, uh,
1: We'll talk soon.
0: I can't wait for to see what the next case is up. Folks, make sure to share, subscribe, hit that like button. We'll talk. To and you remember,
1: oh. behavioralscienceunit.com. We're, we're firing up our training for 2021. We're doing a lot of stuff on uh, this is no shocker on stress management, resiliency, the <sighs> science of happiness, goes over mindfulness training, emotional intelligence, conflict resolution. Uh, we're doing a lot of training right now on relational policing. Uh, So that encompasses everything from community oriented to intelligence led to evidence based policing, the peace officer, the intelligence officer, the law law enforcement officer, and how every police officer is really all three of those. So if you're interested, go to the website, uh, hit me up. I'm available for training for the rest of 2021. No masks. We're getting back to normal. We're all vaccinated. We're going to put this uh, pandemic behind us. And uh, we're going to continue to make America great.
0: All right.
1: 18 plus.